The Catholics of Oz is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to episode 83 of The Catholics of Oz. The Catholics of Oz is a show where we discuss faith, culture, and what's been happening from an Aussie perspective. Whether it's synods or science, apostolates and apps, providence or productivity, you can hear it right now on The Catholics of Oz. Hello, I'm Lindsay Sants. Welcome to episode 83 of The Catholics of Oz. I am joined today by my, can we say it, brother from another mother? (laughs) So I like that phrase. (laughs) Lido Sabol. Lido, how are you this morning? (laughs) I'm good. I'm good. I'm very good, Lizzie. This is what happens when you spend too much time with your friends. (laughs) (laughs) You basically become family. (laughs) That is true. That is true. That's probably mostly with everyone else here. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. How you been anyway? Are you going well? well? Yeah, I'm doing very well. Actually, doing well. Um, gosh, like we were talking about before, it, the weather's um, as wintry as we can be, but it's been good. It's like yeah, it's going away in a sense. Yeah, yes. spring is coming spring just is around coming. the corner. Oh my goodness me! It's Come September on spring. almost. Yeah. Yes, yes. I, I think all of us need <laughs> yes. the sun and the warmth. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Besides putting our heaters on and and um, you know. Just trying to keep warm and put many layers of um, clothing that we could try. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Try that. Um, yeah, the colds and flus will go away and good old hay fever. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Nothing to complain oh, Lindsay. About. Yeah. Oh, no, Lindsay. <laughs> yeah. No, it's all right. I found, I actually finally found uh, something that it's a spray. I forgot which one it is. Anyway, it's like whatever mm-hmm. max you know that you know they add like the, the max or whatever to it. To, yeah. So, it, so I figure my theory is if I start. Now, very, very soon, I'll be ready to go for any any potential hay fever. Yes. Yeah. yes Although yes, I've got yes. to say, uh, I don't know, in recent years, hay fever hasn't been as bad for me as it has been in oh. years before. Yeah. I so, guess so, yeah. So oh, it's fingers more crossed. spring, isn't it, man? Spring will probably yeah, be... Yeah, spring up until mm. it usually hits me. Like in the past, it's been bad from about, you know, sort of late mm. September to about probably mid-November, um, early December. Yeah. Then it goes away, yep. which I love. Yep. But yep. yeah, <laughs> yes, but just sneezing everywhere. <laughs> yeah, Exactly, yeah. exactly. Nah, the, spring's not yeah. very good for, the, for yeah. hay fever. <laughs> the, the, worst thing, the worst thing during the pandemic part of things was oh, when you would sneeze yep. and everyone would look at you and you have to turn around and go, it's yeah. not COVID, stop it. It's not COVID, it's just, not COVID. It's just, I'm just sneezing because yes. it's very dusty. No, and leave me alone, I'll sneeze on you. Yes. I've got plenty oh, left. I have plenty, I have plenty oh, left. Me. You want to find out? Oh. Come here. I dare you. Go ahead. Make my day. Make, make my day. You feel lucky, punk. Oh, well. <laughs> do, do I don't, oh, don't think a lot of people will. <laughs> well, of course, I haven't even seen that movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, but, yeah, okay. Yeah. Mm. It's, it's okay. It's a good yeah. Dirty Western, Harry, classic Western. Yeah. Uh, yes, it, Dirty yeah. Harry. I think it took, yeah, Dirty Harry. I think yeah. for some reason you think about the um, the good, the bad, and the ugly. That's a that's a different one. That's another okay. Clint Eastwood. I haven't seen that either. Movie, but I haven't seen that. that. <laughs> yeah, yep. oh, yeah. It's really yep. mm, what was it? Seventies. Yeah, oh, yeah, really seventies. Sure. Really yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly, exactly. All right. Yep. Well, uh, uh, it's been good. Uh, it's been yeah. good. Oh, yeah. we should mention now. Obviously. Caroline isn't here with us, like so you haven't heard her voice yet, everyone. Yeah, yeah so Caroline <laughs> Caroline's gonna be taking a break for a little bit. Um so I know she's listening, so we better be on our best behaviour, even though she's not here. So um 
Otherwise, she'll, yeah, probably, she'll, she'll, she'll probably tell us, us tomorrow. Yeah, she'll pull yeah, us up at Mass and at say, Mass. look, that yeah. last episode, uh, oh, I've got gosh. some things to fix and I've made a checklist. I wrote some yes. notes. <laughs> 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 or she'll roast us when she comes back. There's that too. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, roasting. Yeah. yeah. Good old yeah, roast. Yeah, give us a good roasty. Yep. yep. So, uh, so uh, we're going to continue with the science segment and we're going to do our absolute mm-hmm. best to muddle through it. I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to today's topic. It's a... It's yeah, different. It's we'll, interesting. Yeah, it's different. It, yeah. It's a bit, yeah, yeah. less sort of a yeah. um, lot of um, science words that we can't pronounce. Yeah. Well, well, me. Yeah. Particularly oh, me, me too, don't worry. I've got a dictionary online right here. I'm all good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's just say, without giving away too much, there'll be a little bit to chew on in this segment about science. Definitely a lot. But we'll get yep. there later. All right, let's roll on. So first of all, if you're new to listening to the Catholics of Oz, welcome, first of all. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, or your favorite podcast player. Don't forget to give us a five-star rating wherever you listen to your podcasts and some positive feedback because it helps us to reach new people. And we do check every now and then and see, and once in a while we get some nice feedback and some stars. So thank you for those. We really, really do appreciate it. We thank you so much for supporting the show. SQPN also hosts the Catholics of Oz and all of its other shows on YouTube. So just type SQPN into YouTube search. And when you find it, subscribe and hit the bell to get notifications when new episodes of the Catholics of Oz and other shows on the network are released as well. So with that in mind, Lino, let's get started and talk about Faith Beyond Borders. Well, I'm actually feeling rather good about this. I think we've all arrived at a very special place, eh? Spiritually, ecumenically. How do you make somebody love you without affecting free will? Welcome to my world, son. You come up with an answer to that one, you let me know. Yes, I had to work very hard to pass Latin and theology. Oh, quite. Those are, of course, the most important things. Oh, yeah. I'd sit this one out, Cap. I don't see how I can. These guys come from legend. They're basically gods. There's only one god, man. And I'm pretty sure he doesn't dress like that. So... In continuing coverage of the Plenary Council. So because uh, because this is a fortnightly podcast, it might seem like we've been talking about the Plenary Council forever. So uh, uh, <laughs> the thing is, uh, again, it's I think it's really important to keep the conversation going um, and yeah. for us yeah. to, to yeah. talk yeah. about it. So yeah. we're a little bit over the halfway mark in looking at some of the decrees of the Plenary Council. Um, and because, the, because these are essentially shaping the next phase of the church in Australia, the next, the, the next direction we go in, the, um, the you know, uh, redirecting the energy or renewing the energy of evangelization for the church. I think it's important for us to, as I said, to talk about it, but also for us to, to get on board with the agenda of the church, because the agenda of the church is the agenda of Christ. It's what Christ has called us to do as missionary disciples. You know, I'll get on my soapbox again. <laughs> we were talking about that last episode. But, but, uh, but the, the point is, um, what, what gets me excited about things like this is that, is that uh, the church is talking. And the church is talking about um, itself in the sense of how do we be church today? How, does, how can we let people see the face of Christ through us? How do we make Christ visible in society today? And I think that's an important thing for us to be a part of because as baptized, that's essentially what we're trying to do all the time is make Christ seen, heard, known, loved, proclaimed, all those mm-hmm. kinds of things um, so, that, um, so that people understand that a relationship with God is possible 
and uh, and is important to to know our Creator who loves us and, and is redeeming us all the time. So with that in mind, uh, I thought uh, today um, there are two decrees that I'd like to to chat about. So a little bit of a chat, uh, not too long on, on either one, but just a, a couple of thoughts on each that, that you and I might share. So uh, I'm going to go back. We actually skipped the fourth decree on witnessing to the equal dignity of men and women. So we were going to wait for Caroline um, to be on the show, but that's going to take a while now. So we thought um, we'd go ahead and talk about it. Uh, I'm sure if Caroline yeah. has thoughts, she'll share them with us as well. So um, then uh, if we have time, because we didn't have time last time, I'd like to get on to decree number six, which is formation and leadership for mission and ministry as well. So, um, Lena, the first one on uh, witnessing to the equal dignity of men and women is, uh, you know, is really about, well, uh, how do baptized men and baptized women find their place in the church and what is Christ calling them to do? So mm. it, um, it starts off, um, the decree starts off by saying, God's word speaks clearly of the equal dignity of women and men. So God created humankind in his image, male and female, he created them. And that's obviously a quote from Genesis one twenty seven, famous quote. Uh, for Christians specifically, uh, as um, as the letter of Galatians says, to Galatians says, there is no longer male and female, for all of you are one in Christ Jesus. So in the church, all people receive gifts of the Holy Spirit that are mediated through baptism. And as Ephesians says, there is one faith, one baptism, one God, and one Father of all. So I might put a bit of a pause on this for a moment. Uh, and I think the, the key thing here to remember is that I think sometimes, and this isn't a criticism, but I think sometimes people forget that men and women are equally baptized. <laughs> you know, that that, that uh, when we're baptized, there isn't, uh, could be only because I've seen examples of it, and I'm not going to throw lots oh, of things no. out here. And, you know, okay. But okay. the thing is, I've seen examples of perceptions where uh, a woman's baptism is less than a man's. Let's put it that way, oh, right? Me. Wow. Okay. So okay. I, I've mm. seen it, and I'm not just talking about something I saw on Twitter randomly, or whatever. I've seen it in the reality of my life in the church as well. And I guess what I'm getting at is, I, I'm glad that this conversation happened at the plenary council, because, I mean, you can make the argument validly, validly that there are lots of women who have roles in the church in high, you know, higher areas of the church and high administration, mm. and that's really mm. good. All right, and in our yeah, parishes, yeah, there definitely. are women. You know, there's not that there are no roles for women in our parishes. However, as a lay Catholic, as an everyday Catholic who goes to church or whatever <laughs> else, I, mm-hmm. I've seen and heard attitudes expressed which um, which tend to favour a man's baptism over a woman's baptism. Oh goodness me! And oh, and okay. for you know for whatever reason that that might be. Now it could come from yeah. I don't know. It could come from a cultural perspective it could come from i don't know whatever it is it could come from i don't know the stereotypes that we see on tv about superiority of men over women blah blah blah, those kinds of things you know some of the the humor you might hear in the workplace and i don't know whatever wherever Mm. it comes from um i think it's important as the church has put in this document to challenge uh this idea that uh that to put it, you know, crudely, that a woman's baptism is less than a man's is, I guess, where I'm trying to get at. And oh, that's, goodness me. Yeah. And, you know, and like, you know, before anyone writes to us, you know, calm down. I'm not trying to be woke. I'm not trying to be you know, anything like that yeah. or, or a social justice or yeah. an activist or whatever you might, you know, all the words that come out when we start talking about women or whatever. What I'm trying to say is that 
the full and equal participation of men and women makes us more Christ-like. It makes our church yeah, well, look like Christ. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and I yeah. think that's the important yeah. thing. Um, so with that in mind, I'll move on to the, the next part. Actually, no, before I do that, I, I might just tell a bit of a, a quick a quick background to this decree as well. So the um, this decree initially was voted on on the Wednesday of the Plenary Council. So the council went from Sunday to Friday or Sunday to Saturday. Or Sunday to Sunday, whatever it was. Anyway, but the voting portion of it went from, <laughs> from from Monday to Friday. So all this was, you know, five years of work listening to all, you know listening to the the people of God in Australia, uh, mm. collecting all those, uh, turning them into reports. Um, I tell you what, by the way, I listened to um, podcasts where some of the people in the background who did the reports. Uh, were interviewed they worked a lot <laughs> they did a lot of work so kudos wow. to them you know wow. what i mean like well done okay. to them because okay. they had to do a lot of work and discernment in order to get these reports as clearly and accurate as they possibly could to represent the the voice of the people um uh, obviously there was a session where uh, a listening session a dialogue session um with you know with uh delegates and then there was the voting on that monday to wednesday so on the wednesday this decree the fourth or the fourth decree um was voted on. So what happens is you've got the votes of the 227 people who are present, and then you've got the votes of the bishops, which are the votes that actually decide if, uh, you know, if the decree will go up or not. So the, the advisory votes of the lay people that are there are, are important because, you know, we're getting a, a sense of the faith of the people, whereas the faith of the people, um, you know, how are they discerning Christ, right? And and the bishops, obviously, you know, that when they vote, it's not that they're being pressured, but uh, I mean, some people might say they are, but whatever, you know, I don't want to get into church politics. I don't care about that. But what I'm, what I'm saying is, at, at least from an authentic sense, what the, the real sense of it is getting a sense of the faith of the people and, and what they're discerning, what, you know, what Christ is calling us to do, which was the initial question of the plenary council, by the way. So, um, so what happened was the, when the bishops voted, um, the, the majority vote was yes, affirmative to this. There were a number of votes that said no to this decree. And then there were a number of votes that said yes, but with reservation. Now, I'm not going to go through the Latin terms and what they all mean because <laughs> it's not really important as part of the, It's yep, just a yep. procedural thing. Uh, however, mm-hmm. um, when someone votes yes, but with reservation, it was, in that, it was counted in the plenary council as a no vote. So what happened was the majority of the ended up being a no. So the- oh, um, really? Oh, yeah. okay. Yes, so that's how it works. So rather than like a, say, neutral or something, it was just counted yeah. as, a, uh, as a no. Um, and what it meant was that the 70%, I think it is, majority that you need for a motion to pass, it wasn't achieved by the bishops. Um, so from there, um, you know, obviously those re- those results were um, were reported. By the way, all of this can be found on the Plenary Council website. You can actually see the votes, the number of votes that were done in each motion. So it's all there transparently so you can see it. Um and so, yeah, basically what happened at that point is that, from what I read anyway, at least in some of the news articles and reports, is that um, is that when the results were announced, uh, that uh, about 70 people from the, the lay group, and I think possibly a couple of bishops, I could be wrong about that, um, stood up and sort of went to the back of the room, you know, the conference room they were in. Uh, kind of like a, I don't know, I don't want to, I don't know, maybe a, a silent protest, I don't know. But essentially um, there were tears there was emotion. People were feeling hurt uh, by it. Um, so uh, the other thing I should mention is whether a person chose in that room to remain seated or to stand, no one should be judged for the decision they made that day. 
because I've seen also now this is online commentary, you know, in the comments, you know, on Facebook in the pits of hell or whatever, you know what I mean? Like where people are like, yeah. oh, those who stand to this, those who stand in their seats are that. That's yeah. that's really nonsensical yeah. commentary that no one should really be engaging in. People, yeah. again, people in that room who either chose to stand or remain seated made that choice for a reason. And whatever was going on in their hearts, they, they, they listened. And, the, you know, they were trying to listen to the spirit in that in that moment. So we shouldn't judge them for the decision they made. But there was enough... Uh, going on in that room that people got a sense that this the the motion not passing was not where this needed to end up so um bishop shane mckinley um spoke to everyone uh apparently was very pastoral according to the according to the reports and spoke very well and um there was a vote to see if this um if this motion could basically go back to the drawing board for more renewal so overwhelmingly, the, it was like a unanimous yes. All right, so everyone said yes. We need to vote on this again. So it was the the motion was taken away. Feedback was collected from everyone, and the and again, so the the um not the advice, the Pariti and others who were involved in the backroom, you know, um, administration kind of work, met, did work on it. Then it was voted on again on Friday, uh, on the last day, and the motion then passed overwhelmingly. So that's the motion that we're sharing is what was or what was passed. Uh, if anyone wants to see how the motion was changed, that's also on the website. I didn't want to dig through, you know, Word documents with red lines through them and additions and you know amendments and whatever else. I'd, I don't have time to, to do all that. However, what I'm what I'm commenting on is the final version. And and some of the commenters were saying, well, maybe this is what the Holy Spirit wanted, it wanted us to to say more or to say it better, to say it say it more clearly, um, to remove any language that might have been subversively critical of anyone that might have been in that motion and to have an authentic statement about the equal dignity of, of uh, women and men in the church. So, uh, yeah, all right. Mm. Um, so that's kind of the story, Lino. <laughs> um, yeah. I'll just go through, I'll go through uh, um, some things that it says in here and then maybe we'll, we'll just comment on it a little bit together. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um, it goes on to say that scripture calls the church to recognize the equal dignity of men and women and to esteem their contributions. And it says so throughout history, the church has looked to, for example, Mary, the mother of God, um, as the model for Christian discipleship. Pope Paul VI spoke of the hour of women at the Second Vatican Council um, in December 1965. Or maybe not at the second. Yes, it was the Second Vatican Council. Good, uh, and he recognised the <laughs> unique contribution that women make to the life of uh, society in the church. Um, also, this has been true of Catholic uh, his church history in Australia. We all know our first Australian saint, the amazing Mary of the Cross MacKillop, a beautiful, uh, just an amazing, amazing person, uh, woman of faith who's so inspiring. I, I, I love her and her story. Um, yeah, uh, so uh, I could just heap lots of praise on her. We actually did an episode on her. I think myself and Jared did a like a bit of a bio on her very, very early on. So, wow, yeah. <laughs> so scroll back if you want yep, to find yep. it. Um, others mentioned <laughs> were um, Eileen O'Connor and Mary Glowry. Now, Mary uh, and Caroline Chisholm, by the way, as well. And I'd love to do some work uh, on all of these and talk about them in future episodes. But Mary Glowry, just very quickly, uh, she is, at the moment, she is the next person who is likely to be um, canonized as a saint uh, in the Australian Catholic Church. So her, oh, wow. her cause has been raised with the Vatican, is being explored. But Mary Glowry, mm -hmm. um, she, she grew up in the, I think she was born in the, the sort of like the 1800s, late 1800s. Um, I hope I'm getting this right. No, no, no. Or maybe the 1900s. But she became a, she, she was, um, she became a doctor, basically. And I, 
again, we'll do a more in-depth on this later on. And uh, while she was a doctor, she also discerned a vocation and became a nun. And she went to India um, and spent uh, the rest of her life as a doctor in India and set up basically the Catholic health system in, in India. And millions wow. and millions of Indian people, because of her legacy, have received health care, which is amazing. Um, oh, wow. Oh, so okay, I would cool. love to see cool, cool. <laughs> Mary Glowry, Australian saint at some point. Uh, just an amazing... Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I, I'd say she's akin to Mother Teresa, like the Australian Mother Teresa. Maybe that's a big call, but but I think uh, she's an amazing human being. Yeah, uh, yeah yep. definitely, definitely. Yes, um, and we will say more about that, but she put her faith into action in a way that not many people will get to do in such an amazing way. Um, mm. It goes on to say that uh, in his letter to women, Pope John Paul II apologized for harm caused to women as he called us to ensure the dignity and rights of women are protected and upheld as well as recognizing the unique gifts they contribute to building up a healthy church and society. So in particular, he called us to work to overcome the cultural assumptions of inequality. So that's what I was saying before, that that, that assumption of inequality, um, that a, you know, that a woman's baptism is not as, you know, is not, is not equal to a man's. All right. So oh. now he doesn't use that language. His, his language is no, much better yeah. than mine. Um, a bit more um, diplomatic. Yeah. Diplomatic in yeah well, just clearer. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Uh, but an important thing to, an important thing for us to remember anyway. And so from the beginning of the 20th century, a growing awareness of the equal dignity of women and men has reshaped Australian social and political life. Nonetheless, disregard for the equality, uh, um, the equal dignity of women and men persist in society and in the church, there is still much to be done. So I don't think anything I said earlier on in this segment goes against what's here. I think the same perception has been, has been spoken about there too. So uh, it says, The Plenary Council has heard from women of varied experiences in the church today. Some women are joyful, happy, and thriving in their service to Christ in the church. Other times, women experience barriers and a lack of support in seeking to offer their gifts in service of the gospel, which has caused frustration and disappointment. Authentic witness to the equal dignity of women and men requires addressing issues of power, authority, and the freedom of persons to decide and act on their decision with informed consciences. So we need to deepen our understanding of the human person. It says this will require scriptural and theological formation, catechesis, dot, 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 right from the top of the church all the way down to the bottom. It's basically saying, so in light of the above and aware of the extents of ongoing challenges, the Plenary Council commits the church in Australia to acting in ways that witness clearly to the equal dignity of women and men with their diverse gifts and experiences. It commits the church to enhancing the role of women in the church and overcoming assumptions, culture, practices, and language that lead to inequality. So that's, uh, that, that's before we go into the, the, um, the decrees that were, that, that were passed with this motion. Lino, are there any thoughts that you have so far on, uh, on any of the content of this document or your own perceptions in the church as well? Yeah, look... <clears throat> Equality within the um the church is very important, um not only in the in church but everywhere yeah yeah everywhere in in the world um in your workplace um in majority of the world you know um men and women have always worked together throughout mm. the ages look Adam and Eve for us they've worked together everyone works together and you know um I know there's what you were saying Lindsay may, maybe cultural differences and things happening in the background. But in, in the, at the end of the day, men and women all have all, always work together and have to work together to to make things happen. Mm. You know, I you know, our, our marriages, 
there you go. There's 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 a very big example of that of yes, working yeah. together. Yeah. Um, you know, even though there's a lot of uh, you know, pressures and things going on, mm. um, men and women have always worked together and and for a purpose and um majority of the time it has been has has been a blessing. You know, um, within the church, I think, I think, uh, I, I can't, I'm just confused why well, this has to happen to, to recognize women in the church. I, I, I don't know, Lindsay, maybe it, it wasn't really brought up a lot or not. I don't know. Yeah. I, I think, yeah, I, I think you're right in that sense that the question, why are we having this conversation? <laughs> you know, why, uh, yeah, why, or why are we still having this conversation? What, some might say. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know, um, yeah. I think look, women in the church uh, and men in the, uh, both of them are very, very important in our, in our um, in the church, in our Catholic faith. Yes, the, the contributions it, it, of both no, are essential, aren't they? They're, the contributions of both are essential. Definitely, yeah. definitely, yeah. definitely. And, um, you know, changes will happen and yeah. um, some of them will be, you know, people, will, like you say, won't like it, some will. Yeah. You know, that's that's how that's yes. how our, our, our we are as, yeah. as human beings. Um, but being well recognizing this and doing and reading about this and doing mm. this it's it's going to be great yes uh, i i totally agree that the equality of women and men in in our catholic church is very important yep. and um the examples of you know Mary McKillop, i'm not 100% sure about the uh, Aline Connor i know i if this is the first time i even knew about Mary McGlary sorry Lindsay. yeah no, that's all right no i mean these are names uh, that we don't hear all the time and depending on what exactly. circles you're in so and these are names that we should yeah. hear more about too Caroline Chisholm yeah, as well, all those names. Yeah, Chisholm. Yeah. Is is she, is um our TAFE Chisholm or is that I don't TAFE? know. If, I don't know if that's related is or not. Related? Actually, I've, no, yeah, okay, I have okay. to find out. Yeah, I'm, I, just, I I'm just thinking yeah. aloud. That's all. <laughs> I don't yeah. know if they're related. Yeah, uh, but okay, Caroline okay, Chisholm, okay, okay. I, I know a little bit about. You know, she's you know she um she mm-hmm. helped mm-hmm. women who came off ships to Australia. Um, who yeah, you know awesome. to to not let them be taken advantage of and things like that. So again, an important uh, again another yeah. important person. She was on the the five dollar note, the old the old she paper is. five dollar note. She made it. That's how important she was. She made it to the five dollar note. Rick, so that's why. Yeah, Caroline oh Chisholm. Yeah. Me. That's the, the oh, Chisholm you might be thinking of. Yeah. That is. That's why it's so bad at the yeah. moment. We had to use our phones yep. and it's everything. When we had we paper money. You know, yeah, paper money. Yeah, remember <laughs> we had paper money. Yeah, but she was on the five dollar note. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. exactly. We wouldn't use that right much now, anymore, do we? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't find, I don't know. I don't know if we carry change anymore. Yeah, I don't know if I have wow. an old $5 note anymore. Just, yeah. Me neither. I think we've, it's all, I mean, I think, well, yeah. it should be somewhere. Yeah, we've got millions and millions of them were made. <laughs> yeah. But wow, okay. That's sad. Oh, uh, okay. by the way, uh, I just Googled as well. I think Chisholm Tafe does actually bear a connection to Caroline Chisholm. There you go. Okay. Okay, right. okay, cool. okay. And there's the, I'm looking this, at the $5 note right now. Right. Cool, cool, cool. cool. I don't have one. Okay. There you go. All right. But um, obviously, nice. uh, uh, yeah. And it's, look, the, um, where, where the church empowers the equal mm. contribution of men and women without stifling their gifts, we have a church that looks like Christ. That's the key exactly. thing, and that's, and that's where these amazing exactly. heroes, you know. And, and also, let's uh, let's keep in mind. Uh, you know, you were talking about marriage before, right? I was thinking about this mm. in a mm-hmm. in a marriage. Uh, you know, if 
if you get into a Catholic marriage for the right reasons, so I couldn't use my words carefully here. If you get into a Catholic <laughs> marriage for the right reasons, the husband and wife work out together in partnership mm-hmm. how mm-hmm. this is going to work. Exactly. Who, exactly. You know, who needs to do what? Not, and I don't mean like who needs to do the dishes and who needs to clean the house. I mean like, you know, the, the, they work out that, you know, it's more, it's more like where yeah. do I need to step up? Where, where do mm. I need to step up? What is it that I need to provide for my family? And mm. it, it could, that could mean that both are employed or one are employed or, yeah, or whatever true, it might be. Um, it, mm. it, so I, I think a Catholic marriage calls us to say uh, that, you know, that our, our union is also a union with God. And therefore, we need to make this thing as Christ-like as we possibly can. Where do I need to step up so that I can do that? And it's got nothing to do with yeah. dividing the chores, you know, or, no, 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 you know, and things oh, like that. Oh, every, exactly, exactly. every good marriage will decide for themselves where they need to step yeah. up. And, exactly, and, exactly. and how are we going to come together, like you said before, in financial hardship or in, you know, in a health situation or whatever it might be? Mm-hmm. Where, you know, where am I mm-hmm. going to step up? And I would apply that to the church to say uh, exactly. same thing. Uh, yes. The church yes. can create a space where women and men can say, where does my baptism tell me I need to step up in the church? Am I being am I being called to preach? Am I being called to to work in healthcare? You know, whatever, you know, like you know, um, like Mary Glary. Am I being called? To, what is my vocation? Is my vocation to be married? Is it to be? Is it to be single? You know, is it to enter religious life? So, creating that space for people to discern that I think is really important. Um, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So, um, the decree uh, finishes or decrees the following things. So, it says, Article 1, that the Plenary Council commits the Church in Australia to ensuring, through formal policies and intentional practice, the experiences and perspectives of women, including women who exercise ministry, are heard, considered, and valued at local diocesan and national levels. This is particularly Mm -hmm. important for matters which affect them distinctively. So, it's not just the idea that you know, women have jobs in the church. And again, there are women in very high roles and that's a really good thing. But the, yes. the, the additional point being made here is that the distinct lives of women is taken into account in decision-making for the church as well. That that, that perspective yeah. is heard. And that's fair enough. Exactly. Because, exactly. Their because, voices that need to be heard. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you, yeah, yeah and yeah. because you want to hear the distinct voice of everyone in the church, the distinct exactly. voice of women, the distinct voice of different cultures, the distinct voice of... Children, you know, whatever it might be, you've got to take those distinct yeah. voices in in order for the yeah. church to, again, to be able to evangelize appropriately. Uh, it says that women are appropriately represented in decision-making structures of the church, governance at the parish, diocese, or eparchy and, uh, and national level, and in church agencies, entities, and organizations. I think that's fair enough. It makes sense, so we'll move on. Uh, that diocese and eparchies uh, recognize and value publicly and properly remunerate women who lead and serve in the church in various ways. So that's, you know, remunerate means payment. But the church has a whole tradition about, you know, fair, about fair work. You know, just read Rerum Novarum, people. There you go. Uh, you know, but um, mm-hmm. about Pope Leo Thirteenth. you can look it up. But the idea of fair compensation for work. Uh, then it says Article 2 here that each Australian diocese, diocese and eparchy commits to supporting with appropriate formation and recognition New opportunities for women to participate in ministries that engage with the most important aspects of diocesan and parish life, to which I give that a massive tick, <laughs> please. Mm, That's really good. Definitely. Yes. Yep. Uh, so I had yep. this conversation with our previous parish priest, Father Michael Peopili. We, um, we were having a conversation uh, at a, at, you know, at a at a meeting, um, 
and uh, because I'd, I'd brought up the, the topic of um, women having their feet washed. We've had this conversation in a podcast before. You know, yes, because Pope yes, Francis has, has said we can do it. And uh, and there was, you know, there was umming and ahhing on both uh, of different perspectives as we discern this now, you know, in this meeting. And, uh, you know, and fair enough. And our parish priest, Father Michael said something that was really interesting. He said, when a young girl comes into the church or a young woman, you know, or even a lady comes into the church and says, I want to do something. Do they see anyone, a woman already doing something that they could follow? Or, you know, uh, you know, I mean, go with a typical cliche. What do we see women doing in our churches? We see them cleaning. We see sacristans. You know, we see them setting things up. And that's vital. But uh, do we see them front and center in other ministries as well? And, and, and some people who are listening will say, yes, we do. My parish, we do this. And I love that. It's great. And I think what we need to do is ensure that those opportunities that the young girl sees, you know, a woman in her church doing something that she could say, yes, I want to serve God that way as well. Uh, you know, that these opportunities are there for them to see people serving God um, uniquely and distinctly, you know, man or, or woman, um, and, and saying, I, I want to do that. And not just relegating people to, you know, roles of servitude, like being the cleaner or being the, you know, yeah. or being the sacristan or whatever. These are important exactly. roles. That they, they, you know, important people roles, who do that, I mean, their contribution is, is so important. But not to just box people in and say, this is all there ever will be for you in the church. Yeah, exactly. 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 Yeah. Um, oh. Yeah, go on. No, no, no. You're good. You're good. Okay. <laughs> yep. Sorry, I thought, I thought yeah. you were ready for a profound thought there. All right. So, um, yeah. <laughs> all right. So, moving on. The next article says that the Plenary Council commits the church in Australia to implementing more fully the undertakings made by the Australian Catholic Bishop Conference in their social justice statement, Woman and Man, the bishops respond in 2000. And in response to the research report, Woman and Man, One in Jesus Christ from 1999. Now, I have to admit, I haven't seen these. In my defense, I just came out of high school in the year 2000, so I didn't know these existed. However, I plan to, to look these up and do a bit more, a bit more reading on these. Maybe after I finish my 7,000 word essay in November. We'll see. It's on my, it's on my list. It's on my you list. You got another one there. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Last sorry, one. Change the Last one. Last one. I think I, you say you <laughs> yeah. like a thousand. Yeah. You've, have you, you finished that one? The, the one thousand words. One, I'm maybe. working on that. As, well, not as we speak, At the but moment. currently. Yes. I, yeah, yeah, uh, about yes. to submit it. About to submit it. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All good. Yeah. All good. Okay. Life is okay. great. Sorry, yeah. man. Yeah. Oh, I'll yeah. A, I'll, I'll, just I'll have a cry about these on a future podcast. Don't worry. Okay. 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 <laughs> um, yeah. And then lastly, Article Four: uh, that should the universal law of the church be modified to authorize the diaconate for women, the Plenary Council recommends that the Australian bishops examine how best to implement it in the context of the church in Australia. So essentially, this is uh, talking about uh, Pope Francis did uh, set up a committee to explore. Um, a female diaconate and basically what they're saying here is if the universal law of the, cho- the church does find make findings that a female diaconate should happen uh, you know should be part of our experience of church that the Australian church look at the best way to implement it for everyone else as well so oh, okay. yeah, yeah so that's a I mean that's a fair point um, what is it the, uh, so there are arguments now I've, I haven't examined enough but there are arguments for example that there was, I think her name was Phoebe in, in the New Testament, who was a female deacon. So there was a diaconate for women um, in the early church. Um, there's, there's back and forth about if, that, uh, if, that, um, if it serves the same role today as it would have then. 
I'll let people who are smarter than me talk about it. But I don't think it would necessarily be a bad thing to have a female diaconate in, in the church. Um, uh, just, uh, again, if, if the Spirit is calling us to recognize the gifts of women and this is an expression of their gifts, then uh, I'm sure smarter heads than me will prevail and work out the, the best way to implement that. Um, that's, there's, there's been a bit of wrangling in the church about whether it should happen or not. I think if we put aside the arguments, the political arguments and the cultural arguments that people have about, about women and look at this purely from a perspective of this is about service in the church, then I think we're, I think we're in a more authentic place to talk about it. Than, than you know to inject all the the political rhetoric that sometimes gets into into things like this. So Lino, nice, any uh, nice. any final thoughts on uh, the equal dignity of men and women in the church? No, it's good we were you know working on upon it. I'd like I said before, I was a bit surprised that we actually having there were discussions about it. You know yeah. about the equality of men and women in church and the differences. But look, it the the subject probably popped up and then I was part of the um plenary council and had to be um, addressed that I understand I understand but I'm just surprised that <laughs> that, that that's there you know what I mean Lindsay mm. it's I look you know and but now it's it's there and working on it I just hope um, look I, well, I think we I see a lot of men and women working together in our churches mm-hmm. um, you know in our masses and Everything we do now, you know, I, I, I'm slowly seeing that happen um, more often, more often. And um, I'm not going to start other topics about equality about men and women because I, I could once again, well, I don't, I don't think I blew up the uh, Discord when we're talking about something else. But anyway, <laughs> no. yeah, I do want to, I don't want to, yeah. yeah, I do want to, I don't want to discuss other stuff about that. But yeah, it's good to see. It's good to see with that. And um, yeah, yeah, I, I hope. Look, let's let's look, think positively and, and yes, and hope and pray, mm. and also work with this that yeah, men and women will work together and always will. Yes, yeah. I can't see, yeah, if it's not happening. Yeah, if 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 all of us yeah. as men and women in the church listen to the call mm-hmm. of our baptism, you know, listen to the Spirit moving us, then exactly. we can't we can't exactly. go wrong with this. And I think yeah, my final yeah. thought on this is. It's better the conversation is happening about this than not. Yeah, I think that's the exactly. most important exactly. thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, so exactly. We'll see where it takes us. Yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll, well, we'll be good. We'll be good. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um. So let's move on. And, and by the way, thank you to all the men and women in the church. However you serve, Definitely. whatever you however you serve the church. If you if your service is as simple as you know men and women raising a family, thank you so much for that. Or, or whether it's higher up, or whether it's in between any of those, whatever you do in the church, thank you so much that, that you know, I'm able to enjoy church because of you. You know, and when I say enjoy, I mean I'm able to reap the benefits of the church because of you, because of those men and women who came before us, and you know, those men and women who are going to carry the church forward after we're dust in the ground. You know, that's um, uh, that. I think that equal partnership is so important. So thank you all today, everyone in the church, for your service. Keep it up. <laughs> Keep going. Yeah, God be with us all. All right. So, That's right. That's right. Um, now we're going to move from number four to number six. 
All right. So just like any, like, just like the Star Trek movies, uh, you know, with the, 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 the even number ones are the good ones. No, I'm kidding. No. <laughs> so, but we're, yeah. Oh, by the way, we did do number five oh, last episode. Yeah. Oh, and, okay. So, but, yeah. And as an anecdote, by the way, Star, Star Trek five, we know was, was like terrible, was the worst of the Star Trek films. Just putting that out there. Yeah. I don't know about it. It was yep. really, yeah, different, really yep. different. Yeah. The search for God. That's what we, that's what it's called sometimes. But anyway, it was terrible. Moving on. We, yeah. We don't want to we don't want to bring this podcast down by talking about Star Trek Five. So, um, <laughs> yeah. All right. So the uh, the sixth decree. I won't spend as much time on this one as the as number four. However, I think there are some links in number four to number six, which are important to talk about as well. This one is about formation and leadership for mission and ministry, and and essentially, I mean, the title itself is enough to tell us what this is going to be about and why it's so important. The importance of formation uh, of of all of us and also of our leaders as well. The continued formation of everyone who has a role in the church uh, of men and women. That's such an important thing for us to continue on with. Uh, so um, Pope Francis observed that we are experiencing, what we're experiencing is not simply an epoch of change changes, but an epochal change. It entails decisions that rapidly transform our ways of living, of relating to one another, of communicating and thinking of how different generations relate to one another and how we can understand the experience of faith and science. So essentially, I mean, mm. society is changing rapidly. Definitely. Like, yeah, rapidly, it, it rapidly, really rapidly, changing. right? It yeah. is. It is, yeah. Um, so this context calls for a reassessment of the church's models of formation for leadership at all levels to ensure that they address the needs of the people of God, promote the mission of evangelization, and strengthen the witness of all the baptized throughout uh, through personal and communal conversion. So... The formation of anyone who's in a role, whatever that role might be, is really important. You don't just take on a role because you think you know what to do. You, as you take on the role, you're either formed before or formed while you're, you're carrying that role out in, in evangelization. Because the one thing that we all hate is that we are doing God's work but then we suddenly realize that we've been doing it wrong this whole time. You know what I mean? Or, oh, wow. Or, or yes. you look back You yeah. look back on years of doing something and think, oh, I could have done that better. You know, so, uh, and so I, uh, yeah, what I'm you getting thinking, at- yeah. Is there somewhere I could change what, yeah. what I just did? Yeah, I understand. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I guess the key thing is for anyone who's in a role, myself included, so I'm a leader, you know, I'm not the leader. I am. I have a leadership <laughs> role in my school. My school is a Catholic school, therefore it's doing the mission of the church and whatever. The first thing for me and anyone in that position to remember is it's not about you. You don't have all the answers. These mm. are the things to remember. Mm. It's, Even it's though about, you try your best at times. Yeah, yeah I understand. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you can't do it all on your own. All right? Yes. It's not about definitely. you. You don't have all the answers. You can't do it all on your own. Now, that sounds really negative, right? To start with. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> What's it, the point? It does you make know? sense. Yeah. Yeah, it does make, make sense. Makes sense. Um, but if that's the case, rely on God. And how do we rely on God? By knowing, loving, and serving. And that knowing part is one, th- one third of the essential part of, of good leadership, good formation. And when I say knowing then, it means, you know, um, formation can be in all kinds of ways. It can be being immersed in an experience, you know, immersion that is being with the people that you're serving and learning their culture, learning the way that they work learning the way that they do things. That could be with young people in the youth ministry. It could be serving overseas in a mission somewhere. It could be evangelizing in a parish, you know, moving a priest moves to a parish that's not in a place that they're familiar with. So being immersed with the people, th- things like that. Um, 
it's also about education. So that, for example, when you talk about scripture, you don't just make it up. You know, I think God means this. <laughs> All right, that's that's great. But but uh, if you think God means that, please go into the context a little bit more as well. Yeah, I've seen I've seen scripture yeah, yeah. used really well. Yeah. I've seen it used very poorly as well. And and yes. scripture, yeah, and it's, yes, <laughs> and and look by well-meaning people. So I don't. I'm not criticizing people, right? However, scripture used very poorly can actually be dangerous. It can be very bad, you know, or or it can it can weaken God's ability, us, our ability to hear God in scripture. So, like for example, this is just a quick one, right? The good old Good Samaritan, right? How many times did we hear it in school? You know, the Good oh, Samaritan. So many times, but it's so a many great times. story. It's, it's a great sorry, story. Sorry, sorry, not story. So, so sorry. Yeah, it's parable. a great parable. Yeah. yeah parable however, time, sorry, parable. however, the majority of people, I think, at least in our generation, heard the Good Samaritan as a story about being nice to other people, and that is not what the story is about. It's not about no. that at all. It's it's mm-hmm. it's it, it's a wake up call. It's a it's a challenge, right? Uh, so there are things like the idea that it's a uh, you know a Jewish person gets beaten up and robbed, and I'm I'm skimming the story very very badly here, and is ignored by two Jewish people, all right, two Jewish leaders who should have helped this person who was beaten up on the side of the road, but for ah, the sake of ritual purity, sense. they won't go anywhere near him. Right, they can't touch blood. Yeah, they, so and you know they're they're on their way to to worship and whatever. And if they touch him or help yeah. him, they can't participate in worship anymore. So they put they put their ritual and worship over the help of a person who's lying in the dirt that was made in God's image. So that's the first thing. The second thing, the person who actually does help is a Samaritan, and Samaritans and Jews at the time hated each other's guts. There were arguments about access to God. Uh, Samaritans weren't allowed to go to the temple. So there, there are all these, um, all these things like that. And uh, can you imagine Jesus' audience of Jews being told, "Hey, a Samaritan helped someone, but the Jewish, the, those two Jewish people didn't." Wow, I mean, that's, that be you know what I mean. Big, that, big that's, that's not how you win over a crowd, Jesus. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, that's, I know. Yeah, I know. But and, he, but he yeah. had to say it. And the context of this was yeah. a person. Uh, you know, uh, a person was saying, "How do I keep all the commandments? You know, love God, love your neighbor." And the person says, "Jesus, who is my neighbor?" Look, your neighbor is even you know the, even the person that you're not meant to like. You know, all all exactly. people, your neighbor, mm. and and what's mm. even you know and what's even um, more challenging is there's like a sting in the tail of this because uh, Jesus said so. Who was the good one? And you know they say the Samaritan. Jesus says, "You go and do the same. Mm. Be yeah. like the Samaritan." Yep. Can you imagine telling a Jewish audience, "Be like the Samaritan"? This is yeah. as provocative as it gets. You know what I mean? So it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's um, it's it's more than just uh, be nice to people. It's a lot more than that. So anyway, formation. This is what I'm getting at, right? Understanding mm. what uh, if we whether it's scripture, whether it's church documents, whether it's what our baptism means, all of it. What what the mission of the church is. Over the course of our life, it's really important for us to learn these things through experience, through listening, through our own private learning from time to time listening to a great Catholic podcast <laughs> like this one, you know, or whatever, you know, you know but, no, but, but learning, you know, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. We're, 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 we're average, you know, we're mediocre. We're good. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're doing well. Yeah. We're doing well. Yeah, you know, we're, 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 you know, we could be worse. <laughs> we can be. We're not as bad as you think. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. We're not bad. But we couldn't get anywhere. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Just anyway. But the point, <laughs> the point I'm trying to get at is uh, there are good voices we can listen to to form our faith. 
So uh, and listen to a variety of voices to help to help form that. And that's especially important in leadership. You you couldn't have a leading role, whether it being a youth minister or whether it being a whatever, without continually, in some way, shape, or form, immersing yourself in your faith and learning more about your faith as you go. Yeah, because the exactly, more you learn exactly. about your faith, uh, what are we trying to learn? It's not about becoming mm-hmm. smarter. It's not about deepening our intellect or anything like that. Those things are all good. It's about it's about learning more about the one who loved us first, Christ. Exactly. And, exactly. Exactly. And, and and learning to, despite our human frailty, as much as we possibly can, to be more Christ-like. Mm-hmm. And if we can be yeah. more Christ-like, then Christ can be known by other people. That's the, that's the important yeah. thing there. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, uh, just to roll on then very quickly, it talks about those contexts that I talked about. Um, and uh, so, the call for concrete action to address improvements in governance and leadership and formation for a wider range of ministries consistently emerged as an important priority of this council's deliberations. So, uh, so the present moment is complex and requires a fundamental renewal of our missionary energies, as well as the scope and style of resources needed to respond to what God is asking for us at this time. I like the idea of renewing resources. A person is a resource, a document is a resource, but renewing these resources is really important. Um, yeah, it says here, pastoral leadership requires being attentive to the voice of the spirit within the church and beyond and must cultivate commitment, mutuality, and synodality within the whole ecclesial community. Um, now, I'm just speed reading through some of this, all right? So it says much work has already been undertaken in the area of formation, including the publication the Australian Catholic, from the Australian Catholic Bishops' Conference of Norms for the Formation of Permanent Deacons and Guidelines for the Ministry and Life of Permanent Deacons, a national resource for lay pastoral ministers, faithful stewards of God's grace from 2018, and Anointed and Sent, a great document, by the way, an Australian vision for Catholic youth ministry from 2014. So these are, yes, they're, they're really important works. I'm glad that they exist. They've been very helpful. Um, I haven't read all of them, but the ones I have are really important. New national guidelines for seminary formation have also been approved by the Australian Catholic bishops and is in the final stage of being confirmed by the Holy See. So a renewed focus for formation will prioritize formation of the domestic church by encouraging and accompanying parents, guardians, and caregivers in their vocation as the primary and principal teachers of faith and recognizing the crucial role of families as school of Christian formation. Now, Archbishop Comensoli has talked very much about the domestic church in his Patrick orations. We've spoken about that before. And this is an important thing, the formation that happens in the family. How does it happen? Uh, Does it happen? You know, and and what, what what can we do in our families? So I think uh, resources to help our families do formation of the of the married couple and of the children, um, uh, you know, and of the extended family, all of that is is so important, and that excites me to think that there, there that more work will go into that um, going forward. So formation for families requires new and creative strategies that correspond to the the rhythms of family life and provide accompaniment at all stages of the journey. Amen to that, I say. So, uh, yeah. So, in addressing these concerns for formation, it's important to consider and provide for both the needs of communities in this present time and the needs of the next generation. I was going to make a Star Trek joke. Particularly, particular attention yeah, is required to attend to the formation needs of regional and rural communities, formation in faith, and new forms of missionary discipleship lie at the heart of the Council's work of planning for the future. So I think all of those are, are really important points to make there that addressing the wider context of Australian society and the Australian church, right from the formation of leaders, right into the formation of, of families as well. So formation of the whole church where they're at is is really important. So therefore, um, to, to finish off, um, therefore, 
the uh, to meet the formation needs of the present and future. The plenary council commits to the diversity. Uh, sorry, to I just skipped a line there. The church in Australia to developing and committing a, a culture of lifelong faith formation that will ensure the diversity of Catholic communities explicitly recognised. Intercultural competency is encouraged, especially in relation to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders and their spiritualities. The equal dignity of men and women is affirmed and demonstrated. That's number four. We just talked about that. The renewal of faith formation within and for families in the context of the critical role that marriage, parenting, and caregiving plays as a school of formation is prioritized and strengthened. Amen to that, because Lino and I are both married people, so we agree with that a lot. Um, the, the apostle of the laity, along with new ecclesial realities, uh, acting as leaven in the world, is promoted, encouraged, and supported. The hopes, spirituality, giftedness, energy, and modes of communication and connection of young people are identified, incorporated, and encouraged and celebrated. I'm totally on board with bringing young Definitely people into young the church, people. forming yes. them, absolutely. Exactly. And ongoing yeah. support and strategies for those who minister to young people. I could speak about that for a while, actually. I have a lot of opinions on this and on the support of youth ministers in our parish. Um, essentially to say that most of our youth ministers, a lot of our youth ministers are volunteers. And uh, I think we need to elevate them beyond volunteers to something more important. But that's a conversation for our parishes for another time. Um, the, <laughs> yes. the rich variety of spiritual devotional traditions of the church are appreciated and celebrated. And synodal practices such as encounter, accompaniment, listening, dialogue, discernment, and collaboration are fostered and deepened. And I would say that last one, practices of encounter, accompaniment, all that whole list, I think that's rehumanizing human beings, the important thing. So understanding who we are as people so that we can understand God in our lives. So there's a whole lot of articles um, that were voted on, but I think we've gone through the important things. People can read um, this decree if they want to. We'll have a link in our show notes. Uh, it essentially talks about some of the things that the, um, that the Australian Catholic bishops want to see happen from this and the plenary council. So it's really important. That includes, by the way, um, biblical formation, Going, you know, being reaching out further to more institutions in the church and and um, accessibility of these resources and so on. So, uh, Lino, the just any last thoughts on um, on this document about um, about formation and leadership for mission and ministry? Yeah, it's good to we were once again we're discussing about that. Um, yeah, formation and leadership in the ministry. We we need to keep on discussing about it and implementing it into our um, parishes. Um, yeah, is that. Including the um our internal councils we have in our in our parishes as well, Lindsay. The whole lot, something? yeah. Reviewing the whole, the whole lot, lot. yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, uh, okay. I mean, an effective okay. parish council would would you would assume want to have these things, these formation opportunities as part of their agenda. You know, that's an important thing nice. too. Okay. Yeah. 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 Good to see. Yep. Um. So uh, let's see how that goes. But I like the yeah. idea of there being life uh, more lifelong formation opportunities available. So, uh, and, and the thing is, let's, let's, you know, what's the most basic level? The mass itself is formative. I want to talk exactly. about, you know, in fact, the mass itself is transformative in a lot of ways too. Yes. As, you know, the Eucharist yeah, and the yeah, word yeah. of God. These things are really important and, and good homilies are formative because they unpack, the, you know, the gospel and make us and prepare us to receive the Eucharist with the gospel burning in our hearts. It's really important. Exactly. And, mm -hmm. and beyond mass then, what happens, you know, what are the things outside of mass that are also formative so that, um, so that we can continue in our daily lives to to be missionary disciples in whatever our ministry, our families or wider ministries might be. Exactly. There it is. Exactly. 
would love to know your thoughts if you're listening. Let us know. Give us some help. <laughs> help us out. <laughs> Tell us what you think. All right. So let's move on from that. Uh, those are the, That's the fourth and the sixth decree from the um, Australian Catholic Plenary Council. Really happy that they exist and that they've given us some inspiration to continue to consider our role in the church. But now, Lino, let's, brave, let's, get, let's put on our brave hats and venture into the world of science. Ah, what a fine day for science. You have any hobbies? I collect spores, molds, and fungus. Can you reverse the polarity? I'll do my best. Science, 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 science. Yeah, I like science. So today, Lino, now you found this article, didn't you? I I was just crazy. It was crazy. I was like, uh, yeah. Caroline Caroline asked, um, guys, can you, what kind of science some um, segments can we do? And I go, okay, yeah. I'll check it out. So as usual, people would you know Google. I Google the word science and I science like, science yeah. dot com, and um, came up with a couple of things. And then I saw this one and I went, hmm, this will be interesting to to talk about. Interesting. Yeah. Hopefully, I will not a ground sort of groundbreaking thing that Caroline can totally find for you guys for all your listeners for us I think it's something interesting to to read there there's um I'm just warning everyone that there may be quite a few puns that can come out of this because uh, this, few, this one is really yeah. I, this is food for thought really when you think about it totally food totally. for thought yep. yeah. yeah so yeah. Lena let's chew <laughs> let's chew on this together all right and, totally chew um, yep and get some things out of it because this yep, one yep. this is from uh, science.org shared by Lena um, and it says the headline is chewing burns more calories than you think and may mm. have shaped our evolution so this is about I like this it's a study. Mm. Um, to put a hard number on how much energy we use grinding our gums, so uh, so basically, uh, what they uh, you know some scientists uh, you know kind of hypothesized the idea that uh, first of all to you know how much energy does chewing actually expend in the body? Does it use? And mm. uh, if that's the case, did chewing affect the evolution of? The, the shape of the human face and of our gums, face. you know, jawline yeah. and, and, and yeah. the shape of our teeth as well. So, Lena, are you ready to do a deep dive into this? Oh, no, here we can try. We can try. We can try. All right. I'm sure you've been salivating to start, so let's get into it. Oh, uh, definitely. Right. Definitely. Give a hubba bubba to such on this one. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Here we go. So, it says the following. When it comes to ways to burn calories, few people think about chewing, but about 3% of the daily energy we burn comes from grinding gum, gristle, and other goodies. This is what a new study finds. And you may burn even a little bit more than 3% if you, uh, if you chew on salads and celery sticks. So that's the first point. Lena, how often do you chew on a piece of celery? I, I can't remember the last time I did chew on a celery. Yeah. I can, <laughs> I can, so I can safely say, I can safely so say never. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, However, I do know that people like to eat celeries with like with dips and things like that. Dips but, uh, and stuff yeah. and, and, and salads. Definitely yeah, and in salads. Carrots. And, you know, and, things, yeah. Carrots. So anyway. Exactly. Um, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Now, this 3% of energy burning um, or calorie burning is far less, obviously, than walking or even the act of digesting. Our body uses more energy digesting than it does chewing. However, it may have been enough to reshape the faces of our distant ancestors. So there was a study which adds concrete data to this and uh, shows that um, it, the, the, it sort of contributes to the debate over reasons a human jaw is so different from those of our distant ancestors. So, uh, you know, primates and so on, uh, who, whose jaw lines are very different to the human jawline. 
Um, so uh, Callum Ross, uh, who works as an anatomist at the University of Chicago, uh, wasn't part of this study, but did comment on it and said that this gives us numbers that we can start working with. By the way, this was a missed opportunity for him to say, this gives us numbers that we can chew on. But anyway, let's move on. Oh, yes, definitely. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, but you know, like oh. you're in the limelight. You've, you know, I mean, you want to be remembered for something that, yeah, that would have been, you know, that's a missed opportunity. I'm just saying. So, so scientists have hypothesized for a while that our jaw size, so the size of your jaw and the shape of our teeth evolved to make chewing more wow. efficient. All right, so yes. there's a, this yeah, theory has been running around. So um, our hominid ancestors, so early primates and so on, shifted their diet to easier to chew foods. And, and this is because um, they developed tools over time. So for example, they developed technologies which could chop foods. So think of like early knives and stones and things like that. And mm-hmm. even, you know, as more time went on, learned how to cook foods as well. So when you are able to chop food up, uh, you know, it doesn't take as long to chew it. When you're able to cook it, it makes it softer, so you don't spend as much time chewing either. Chewing it either, yeah, yeah. exactly. So, um, basically, the um, what it says here is that the chopping and the cooking reduce the time and effort spent on chewing then, uh, so the jaw and tooth shape change with this and shrink compared to other primates. You know, it doesn't need wow. to be as big as it was before. Exactly. So, so, yeah, so that's the yeah. theory. That's the theory. So mm. it says here, though, the, missing, the data that's missing, though, is how much daily energy we expend on chewing. It's difficult to determine whether saving energy was also a factor in driving these evolutionary changes, says Adam Van uh, Kasteren, who's a biological anthropologist at the Uni- uh, University of Manchester. So um, he did a test, all right, did, put it to the test, and here's the method they went with. They did a study where he and his colleagues put 21 men and women in a bubble-like helmet. Now, I can see a picture in front of me, right? I can so, see it. When I saw this, sorry, I thought, is this some sort of science um, experiment <laughs> for um, space? What it looks like an astronaut okay, no. almost, doesn't it? Yeah. It's yeah, a, okay, okay. To describe it, it's like a big plastic bubble, like a helmet. It's about probably mm-hmm. three times the size of the head of the person that's in it. Uh, yes. They're lying down on a bed. There's Out of the helmet is like a plastic blanket that covers... You know, around the edges, you know, probably to contain and not let too much oxygen or or, um, or CO2 leave, you know, to be contained there. And then there are two hoses, one clear hose above the head and one clear hose sort of in proximity of the mouth. And, uh, and uh, yeah, and he looks like a, a an astronaut lying down almost. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. this is the device that they're, it looks almost like a one person cone of silence, which is probably the most useless thing you could ever create. But anyway. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Me. Yeah. Yep. So. Uh, this device measured the amount of oxygen they consumed and carbon dioxide that they expelled, it, you know, in, uh, wow. exhaled. So, yep, you know, the yep. breathing in and breathing out of, you know, oxygen goes in, carbon dioxide comes out. That's how the that's how human respiration works. I hope I got that right. Or human breathing, at least, anyway. So, uh, yep, breathing, breathe out. Yep, yep, yep. Yep. So, the scientists gave the participants, and this is the part that, I don't know, I, I, this is why I wouldn't want to participate. They gave the participants flavorless, odorless, calorie-free gum to oh, chew for 15 minutes. Oh, my goodness me. Yeah. So they had to lie there in a bubble, chewing on the most bland gum they could ever <laughs> could ever oh, have. But wow. there was a But there was a reason for this, right? There was a yeah, reason. Yeah, definitely so, are. Definitely are. Um, so the gum had no odor, taste, or calories so that it didn't trigger the digestive system, which also consumes energy. So they were trying to oh, focus on the energy expelled okay. just by the chewing motion, but if the digestive system activated or was triggered, 
the um then the data would have been off because they would have been getting data from you know the energy expelled by digestion as well. So that's why they uh they gave them something yeah. bland and boring. Yep. Yeah, and I'm, yep. I'm really hoping that they didn't put their chewing gum under the table when they were finished because I hate I that. Definitely. I hate that so much. Yeah, as a teacher, as a teacher as a, I hate yes, that. Yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, everyone, because this is disgusting, but the number of times I've moved a desk and felt something gooey under the desk, uh, uh, you know, it. I, I have no words for how, how disgusting that is, how filthy it is. I'm just saying, all right? Just saying. Aren't you meant to wear, wear gloves, Liz, or no? I'm not wearing gloves to teach. What's, what's the point of, you know, <laughs> I don't need gloves I know, to teach. Yeah. I, I know, yeah. but, you know. Anyway. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So put your chewing gum in the bin, kids, all right? Yeah. Just, just saying, all right? Okay. Ew, Think of the ew. teachers that have to move those tables. So moving on. Um, so while chewing, uh, the carbon dioxide levels in the volunteers' breath rose which indicated their bodies were now working harder. So when, and when the gum was soft, their metabolism rose an average of 10%, while when it was stiffer, it required 15% more energy than resting. So they said that's not huge, but it is significant because you are seeing a difference in the amount of energy the body is using um, you know, to chew. So, you know, obviously stiffer chewing gum, you know, when you put chewing gum in your mouth and it starts to stiff, you chew harder okay, very and stuff. Yeah, to soften it. Chewing, yeah, yeah, yeah. And once it softens, you, you know, you don't uh, chew as, you know, chew as, as vigorously as you were before. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So in these tests, uh, the chewing gum represented less than 1% of participants' daily energy budgets. All right. So, and now the 3% comes from, you know, chewing throughout the day, you know, different throughout meals or whatever. This yeah, was exactly. less than 1% yeah. because it was 15 minutes of chewing um, a boring brand of chewing gum. 15 minutes of <laughs> yeah. chewing a boring gum. Ju- yeah. Oh, wow. Boredom oh, doesn't wow. freshen your breath. In fact, it doesn't it, it do anything. <laughs> yeah. Do anything. Boredom gum. Boredom gum. <laughs> don't, don't buy it. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, yes. And definitely don't leave it under a table. Um, oh, so, uh, yes. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, basically, the chewing gum in a lab was essentially, however, a proof of the concept that they were going for. So, there was some mm-hmm. data in it. So, before the advent of cooking and tool use, early humans probably spent a lot more time chewing. So, if ancient mm-hmm. people had mm-hmm. spent as much time chewing gum as gorillas and orangutans do now, then the authors estimate that they could have used at least 2.5% of their energy budget chewing. So, it says here, if you were eating harder foods and chewing longer, you'd end up with, far, with a far larger proportion of the total energy expenditure. So, um, okay. Yeah. So, at the moment, uh, so one, uh, one scientist here, Henry, he's, uh, he's a bit more skeptical. Um, okay. So, so, so that, that they were skeptical, um, but said of this study, I think it's a great study. It shows that there is me- a measurable energy, uh, amount of energy used. So I think some scientists were surprised that there was actually so, you know, something going on with the chewing action. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So these findings support the idea that more efficient chewing tailored to diet might have been an evolutionary advantage. So um, it says here, by saving energy in the chewing category, you may have more energy to spend on other things like rest, recovery, rest, and growth. Recovery and growth. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. So uh, this could now reveal, um, you know, could give us a glimpse into human evolution uh, and also the evolution of other hominids. For example, and here we go, Austral- Australopithecus. I actually did practice this before the podcast. <laughs> Australia. Australopithecus, all right, I was can't a hominid. Say that. I can't, yep. yeah, yeah. All right, early primate that lived in Africa between two and four million years ago. They had teeth with chewing surfaces four times larger than human than human wow. beings and massive oh, jaw wow. muscles. 
I and can again, imagine that. Yeah. And again, because they're not chopping or cooking food. So it says here they had yeah. to spend more time and energy chewing, you know, um, uh, you know, on food in order to digest it. So uh, it says here, Henry says here, they were presumably taking advantage of very energetically costly food. We have the first piece of evidence to explain that pattern. So, um, yeah, so uh, that there was one other thing I wanted to mention here. So compared with Australo, Australopithecus, there's only Caroline because she can say these, uh, or primates oh. living today, humans are, yeah. are an outlier. So we're actually unique in this sense, though, uh, because okay. it says here, we most likely, on average, spend seven minutes a day chewing. So Seven breakfast, minutes. yeah, on average. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That is true on, yeah. a, on average. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah, that yeah, means yeah. some people spend more and some people might spend less. But the exactly. average, exactly. yeah. So that and that's in a whole day. That's all the meals that you eat. So just seven minutes a day mm. chewing. Okay. Um, okay. However, by contrast, mountain gorillas can spend night today can spend ninety percent of their waking time chewing. Okay, wow. and, um, which is on par with goats and cows. Goats they, um, and cows. Yeah, they spend yep. most of we their active day chewing. All right. Which, by the yeah, way, it. sounds like a great life. I would love to just stand just in a field and chew on some grass all day. Chew on some grass all day. Enjoy yeah. the weather. Go to sleep. Wake up. Repeat. We- yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I'm kidding. I have to I worry about a yeah. lot of... Yeah. 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 Less worries. Yeah, yeah. Look, exactly. at least cows don't, you know, put their chewed grass under a table. I mean, they're more, you know, more exactly. sophisticated than some people I know. All right. So anyway, <laughs> um, so it says here, uh, to finish off, um, Van Casteren, who did the experiment, says, modern humans are the weird ones. We have really soft <laughs> foods. <laughs> we're yeah, ones? Okay, we're the sorry. weird ones. Because sorry. no, because we consume <laughs> much softer foods. Um, so, yeah, and so we well, have low true, chewing times. It? Yeah, our meal times reduce yeah. because a lot of our food is generally softer. Um, so reducing yeah. the amount of energy you're spending on chewing is another ma- element to these milestones in human evolution or in agriculture, where you're selecting foods that are less fibrous or chewy. And if you think about it, it's interesting because there are there are people, for example, who are on liquid diets or have more liquid in their diets. So they're chewing True. even less. You know, I mean, yes. they're swallowing to be honest. You know, um, yeah. Yeah. So I think it's just interesting that we, so that they were able to measure that maybe the human being on estimate um, burns about 3% of their calorie, you know, 3% of the calories you burn in a day are just from the action of chewing. And this might have an answer to why human beings' jawlines, the shape of our face and the a size of our teeth yes. instead of our teeth, yes. are different to other primates that, it, primates that exist today. And how exactly. we evolved yeah. from, you know, from the earlier from the earlier hominids into what we are today. So that would yeah. sort of make sense, isn't it? Yeah, mm. that would make sense. There's a lot, the a lot to chew on in this uh, article. Yeah. Definitely to chew on, man. Mm. <laughs> a lot to chew yeah. on. <laughs> there we are. Just a, that, so that's it. That's a just a bite-sized piece of knowledge for you today. <laughs> Very bite-sized. <laughs> Fun size. Fun that's size. Right. Yeah. Fun size. <laughs> yeah. All right. So anyway, before we turn people off, we'll, we'll stop there. So uh, we we'd love to know your thoughts. Know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ever considered the, how much energy you're expending when you're chewing? How often do you think you chew per day? That's what I'd like to ask our listeners. How often do you yeah, chew? Be how, are you chewing? How much yeah. of the day in minutes do you spend chewing? Yeah. Although I've got to say, in kids, it takes longer. My goodness, at the yes. dinner table. Oh, uh, my half goodness, an hour. Man, like, come yes, on. I see come on. that. Chew faster. So- oh, man. <laughs> What's going on? Kids. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if we were like that. I, I can imagine we were like Probably. that. I don't want yeah. to chew you to this. Yeah. You keep on chewing, get you eating. <laughs> yes. You're eating it, whether you like it or not. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, chewing. Yeah. yeah I think you see it a lot in. um. 
uh, sport, like I like I watch my sport. I'll see a lot of guys chewing. It's either yeah, well, yes, I would yeah, say basketball gum. maybe yep. chewing gum. It's chewing yep. gum is more. Yep. I I think a lot more popular than of course um chewing anything else. I, I yes. don't know. I could be wrong. You know, yep. if you don't, if you're not um eating, just just chewing gum. And no, I, beef I, jerky. I try, exactly. Beef I, jerky, I try yeah. to get to um um get into my, my habit of eating chewing gum after a meal. You, you see that ad with the chewing gum, you know. Ah, oh, yes, yeah, so it generates saliva, cleans your teeth, I've heard. Yeah, yes, yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I, did, I, did, I used to do that a lot. Um, I think I sort yes. of stopped because um, um, if you read on the packet, um, there's something about a lax- laxative effect. But anyway, that's, <laughs> that's strange. Yeah. You've got to be careful. That's a disincentive to chew too often, yeah, with chewing gum, just, yes. Just to be yeah. careful, guys. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, um, Everything in moderation. We, exactly, exactly. And... um. Hmm. And we'll talk about it at the start. I'm going to get my Hubba Bubba out. I bought some Hubba Bubba when we were out before. <laughs> it is, I brought me back to my childhood days. It's yes. big, it's chunky. You're yeah. eating these. Oh, some think, bubbles. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Exactly. My, I think my jaw is getting so tight. Yes. <laughs> I, could, I can't believe how I did this when I was young. But we had younger jaws back in those days. So yeah, I, True. I, I, I can True. To, to, to chew this thing. But it was, it was good. It was good. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, uh something for you to think about think about your jaws people right when you're mm-hmm. chewing t- today <laughs> all right well uh let's move on um and let's talk about entertainment i don't know where you get your delusions laser brain this is not what we came here to do no it's what i'm going to do i have a plan you've got a plan i have part of a plan So, Lino, uh, we've got a couple of things. Now, I was excited to talk about this one. There's a bit of context. My family mm-hmm. came to your house last weekend. <laughs> yeah. Came for, came for yes, dinner, by did. the way. Great dinner, by the way. It's been a that. long time. Yep. It's been yep. a long time. Because chewing on some COVID. lamb was great, you know? <laughs> oh, chewing. <laughs> yeah. I hope it wasn't too chewy. That <laughs> no, was great. No, it was great. It was, okay. It was just, okay. just right. Just right. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for the Tim Tams, by the way. You guys remembered. I appreciate that. Definitely. Yep. Well, I totally forgot. But then yep. remembered. I went, oh, no, yep. yes, the Tim Tams. <laughs> 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 I've given you to a complex that whenever I come over now, where are the two tabs? <laughs> yeah. It's all what good. Kind it's of, all good. What kind of a guest am I? Anyway. Oh. Um, however, part of our evening and hanging out together was to sit down and play this awesome board game called Hero Quest. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, Lido, tell us about, uh, tell us a little bit about, a bit about Hero Quest. What is oh, it and why is it so much wow. fun? A Hero Quest bought, brings back my um, uh, childhood days. This was a game back in the 90s. So my brother and I used to play this constantly, and it was very, uh, yeah, popular. What was it? Lindsay nineties was either it was Hero Quest or Dungeons and Dragons. Yep. Um, ner- what ner- not Nerf? Oh yeah, Super Soakers. Remember Super Soakers. Super Soakers yep. were big. So it's sort of brought yep. back that sort of yeah childhood yep. memories back in those days. You know, chewing gum. You know, chewing, <laughs> yeah, chewing gum. Yep, different <laughs> chewing gums, different flavors. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna grab one right now. Um, so. <laughs> So yeah, it was basically it's a it's a they call it dungeon crawling game where um one player plays the um evil wizard and it's mm-hmm. and, and it's whenever players move their miniatures well yes, figurines on miniatures. Yeah. Sorry, my my bad. Um figurines around yep. the board actually comes to life as mm. in your door comes, certain um 
was it monsters come across and it's visual and it makes yes. it interesting yeah. like, it, it's I know there's other games that could do that, and it, yeah. and I think this is where it sort of came. I think <laughs> you could say it's the grandfather of it. But anyway, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. of all yeah. of them, of, of visualizing where yeah. you are and what you're doing. Mm. So, yeah. And you know, I think Dungeons & Dragons did the same if he yeah. wanted to go to that path. But yep. it was great. Well, it was so much fun. I th- I will never forget Lindsay, poor Damien. We were playing it the first time, and he was a bit <laughs> concerned about the poor um, Chaos Warriors. But I think I, I painted them too bad, <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know, to make him make him so evil. So I thought of well, I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll maybe I'll, I'll next time I, maybe I'll paint them. Maybe I'll not. I'll leave them aside. But we'll yep. see how we go. But I'll leave. Yeah, I, I think he's, he's much more grown up, and he's a great. Great, great. Oh, he's a yeah, great godson. Godson. Well, what about great godsons? Yes. Yeah. What about great godsons? And this was the cool thing, actually. So, um, there were five of us in the house that evening. So Alexander was off playing trains, and then he'd come and roll dice for us every now and then. He's yeah, my four-year-old. Awesome. Yeah, um, but it was yeah, good because yeah. there was yeah. you, your wife Bernadette, my wife Isabel, and then Damien, who's thirteen years old, and we all got to play together. And I, I loved that. Exactly. This, that this board game actually brought us together. Um, <laughs> yeah. that, was, that was actually a lot of fun, you know. And, yes, and it was. So what was it? So you played the role. This time you took the role of like the the dungeon master or the evil wizard, who's yes, and your job to... was to work against us to try and, yes. and defeat us. And yes, then yes, each yes. of us picked one of the four available characters, and you've got your good old what was it? You got the the dwarf, barbarian, the, uh, yeah, barbarian, the dwarf, yep, the mage the and the elf, the yep. Mage so the good old, yes, yep, yes, typical, you know, typical, um, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, characters. And then basically you set the conditions of what the mission is, and then we have to yes, complete the mission. You know, uh, whether it's rescuing, was it rescuing the knights or um, oh, yes. or finding the treasure or whatever Just it might be. Treasure it was, and, yes. And what's yes, cool yes. is, yeah, like you said, you roll the dice, you move into a corridor, you go to a doorway, and once you do that, it will trigger something. So monsters will appear on the board or, you know, or you might find a secret room or things like that. And, yeah, it's really cool because you... Um, you get to, you know, then you have to like work it out as a team, and we're all like Definitely. in a funny way. We're like we're yelling at each other but in a really funny way, like not not in a mean way. We're like, it's like you did no, you did this no, you did this, cast a spell or whatever. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I should mention. So I had a mage. I was the I was the magician, right? So I had nine spells. So my name was Caster Spell. Hey, there you are. You're welcome. Yeah. Wait a minute. Was it Caster Dangerous Spell? Oh yeah, so then I made danger. And then I said danger was my middle name. So then I, I became caster danger spell. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's, that's right. right. That's right. Danger is my so, middle name. Middle name. <laughs> yes. That's right. That's right. Yeah. You do well, well, man. Yeah. Maybe you can have a lot of oh, yeah. strong spells. <laughs> yeah, and I felt like a bit of a coward at one point when I got hit by a monster and my health went down to one. By the way, the oh, mage. In my defense, the mage doesn't have much mage. health to start with. Right, no, they're, they're meant to no. stay at the back. They're the weakest. Exactly. But I, I did get hit by a monster. And Ooh, I had a spell that, that would let me. Yeah, it was. And I had a spell that would let me go through a wall. So yes. I was like, "Bye, guys!" And I went through the wall and left <laughs> you guys to fight the monsters. <laughs> I let the others. Whoops. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah. this is a little, this is a quick one uh, for the listeners. Um, the one we play now is a new edition. Yep. So the one back in the nineties, you can still buy them in eBay or wherever you can try to find them. That's all good. Um, this one here is a new edition. So. The only difference is um, there was a company called Games Workshop who yes. made the first ones. Now, everyone will know the word Games Workshop from the Warhammer. So, Warhammer 40K, Warhammer Age of Sigma, all the Warhammers and everything yeah, they've yep. done. So, they apparently Hasbro, yes, that Hasbro, who have made a lot of toys back in the days, and they were big. They were big in the 90s. So, you can imagine, what was that, Lindsay? 
was it Transformers? Mm-hmm. Hasbro yep, owned yeah, yep. a lot of um, franchises He-Man. for I the kids. He Man, yeah, He Man. Yeah. Yeah, so a Shira. lot of um, yep. Shira. Yep, all the classics, all the classic yep. um, toys back in the nineties, and of course today. It was yep. they they do very well today. So Hasbro took the license from Games Workshop and made the made the game again. But the great thing is they haven't changed too much. Yeah, they haven't. So um, yeah, they haven't ruined it. Yeah. Ruined it like in yeah. you gotta roll extra dice for this or this person's mm. got extra this and this and and that's sort of that's sort of my gripe with newer yeah. games when they come out. They have yeah. to change things. They go, not really, you don't. Yeah. Just keep it as simple as it is. The only yeah. thing they had to change was some monsters. Um like I was saying, Paul, um Damien wasn't so oh, of course he's older now. Come on. He's yeah. he's more he's 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 more um confident in a sense, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wasn't so scary. So they can't they just have to change one of the monsters from a Chaos Warrior, which is uh ah, yeah. how do you say it, Lindsay? Patent or uh, pa- trademark? Yeah, patented, yeah, yeah. Yeah, patented, yeah. patented to, to, Warhammer, to uh, yeah. games yeah, to yeah, Warhammer yeah. to games workshop, so they had to change this guy yeah. to what was the Dread Warrior. <laughs> <laughs> Dread Warrior, he, yeah. He, yeah. he looked he looked mean and nasty yes. in any sense, so they yeah. had to f- f- change a few little things in there. But yeah, besides that, yeah. the game's the same and we had yeah. almost almost fu- I like uh, Yeah, quite and fun. the good thing is, um it's it's not hard to learn. So if you're a, no, if you're not a if no. you're not a um if you're not like a if you're just a casual board game player, um, yeah. I mean you do need to make sure you have the right number of people to play. Like you know, like you, you I mean, although you can play on your own as well. I guess t- yeah. yes, you can, yes, you can, yeah. But it's even a bit, then, a bit interesting. Yeah, yeah. It'll take a bit longer. But even then, it's not that hard to learn, which is the good thing about it. Anyway. Exactly, it's, it's yeah. something sort of you just pick up and um you know just read the rules and the person who's yeah. playing like the DM they'll. Yeah. Hopefully, do the research and, yeah. and read, read rules. But it's pretty straightforward. Yeah, you move, don't have to read chapters attack, to understand attack. it. No, no. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes. You know, you have to wear read, read um codexes and yeah, and all that stuff. So it's pretty straightforward, and it's great fun. It's great fun for people. Um, yeah. it was it it and look, like I said, it's visual. A lot of people. Just on a side note, a lot of people are either are what they call Lindsay visually. Yes, they want to see something in front, or are very imaginative. People can still imagine. Yes, their, yeah, in yeah. Their mind, and that's, that's all cool with both sides. That's yeah. all cool. And um, this board game is bit of both. It, yeah, it just shows you visually what's going on, and I I like that. I like yes. that. I like to see what's on the board. I've played D and D, but I, it, sometimes you just imagine, and people imagine different yeah. things. That's 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 another game we could talk about later on. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. We won't talk about how I my we played it and my brother was a dwarf and I threw the dwarf at the baddies because he lit a, because he lit a fire in a cave and then we all lost a health point because of the smoke. But that's a Lizzie, that's a. Yeah. Lizzie, you were trying to grab the coins from the poor fairy. No, I was giving coins to, to the fairy because I thought oh, she'd give us something the and then I lost all my money. So there you go. <laughs> Yep. These are the these are the average um you know, the beginner mistakes that a Dungeons and Dragons player might make. So. It's not a mistake. Dungeons and Dragons yeah. is it's crazy. You can do it's anything fun. you like. All right. Let's let's roll on. So uh so Hero Quest, anyway, we love it. We recommend it totally. It's a lot of lot of fun. Family fun, friend fun, go ahead and, and do it. It is. Um, it is. Now yep. uh so it, this is last night for me, but at time at time of recording, but this will be like a week later now. Uh but Star Trek Lower Decks season three it started. Nice. Yes. Okay, we're going to check that uh, out tonight. A lot of awesome. fun. A lot of awesome. fun. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I really enjoyed it. Uh, th- there's some great callbacks. I won't ruin it, but um, I won't spoil it. 
but there's some there's as always you know there's lots of you know callbacks and you know in jokes about from from different series and movies and whatever yes yes um, yes, and yes, I love yes, it. yes yes but uh one thing i will mention from the episode is uh is that it does feature the location the um what is it uh was it bozeman where um first contact happened you know, in oh. your Star Trek first contact. All I'll say is it features that and um, a million points to whoever put the soundtrack together for that. That's all I'll say. There's some great okay, callbacks. Okay. I'll say nothing okay. else. It was good. It was good. Um, nice, uh, nice, nice. Now, Lena, I've been watching She-Hulk on Disney+. Plus. Have you... Have you uh, I've heard about that. Yeah. I've, I've heard about that. Yeah. Yep. Um, now, the episodes are shorter. Yeah. yeah, I've watched the first oh, two. Oh, shorter? Uh, yeah. Oh wow. They're, okay. Like I think one was thirty-eight minutes. They're, they're in the thirties anyway. Oh, yeah. Um Good. But good, it's establishing good, good, good. stuff. But I, I've actually it's quite funny. It's quite entertaining. There's probably <laughs> there was one joke in the first episode that I thought this is like you know, I mean, do you want kids to watch this or not? Why was that in there? Mm. Um, okay. And it okay. was at the end in the extra credits, so you could probably you know if you're a, if you're clued as a parent, you could just get your kid not to watch the extra credits of that episode. But okay. I thought okay. I thought this is dumb. Why like. <laughs> It doesn't. Yeah, apparently that's that's human to some people. I don't know. Anyway, but that's people know what I'm talking about, and you can work it out for yourselves. Otherwise, it was great, very funny, okay. um, yeah, okay. entertaining. Okay. I like the I like the way that um, that she became a Hulk, and you know the differences between in her being a Hulk compared to the the um, you know to Bruce Banner's Hulk. Bruce, Bruce Banner, Bruce Banner's Hulk. Um, you know, he's in it the first episode as well. Um, you know, okay. he's like. A bit like a mentor character, so he's got a, a substantial role there. Um, mm-hmm. And he has a very interesting side story that's only hinted at very briefly in the first and second episode. So, uh, a side yeah, story for the Hulk. Yeah, for him. Yeah, yeah. So, some interesting stuff going on there. Okay. Um, okay. I'm enjoying it so far. And there's a character I'm waiting for to turn up. I think I mentioned this. I don't know if I mentioned this in our mm-hmm. last podcast, but there is a character no. I'm waiting for. I won't spoil it. Yes. But it's yep. kind of the reason I'm watching She-Hulk, to be honest, because I, I loved this character in the three seasons that he had on Netflix. And, oh, and he's confirmed. He's in the trailers. He's going to be there. And I cannot wait. But in the good, meantime, while good, I'm waiting, um, She-Hulk is great. I love it. Uh, okay. It's really good so far. And cool, 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 cool. Uh, Lino, you've been watching a cat documentary this would be right yes. up caroline's alley tell us yes. briefly about it yes on yeah, netflix I'll, I'll, yes in netflix I'll, I'll talk uh briefly about it because i want i like to have caroline my um on, on this as well so it's it's called um inside let, get me let me get this right inside the mind of a cat because last time <laughs> i said in the in the, in the mind of a cat so anyway inside, inside the right. mind of the cat and like it's that. a great docker it's for for the very first time i must admit this is probably <laughs> A show I can actually um, promote to you guys to the family. Yeah, so, yeah family, <laughs> family show, family friendly. friendly. Yep. Uh, actually, family friendly show yeah. I can actually tell you guys to watch. <laughs> exactly, and it's a great show. It's 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 not too sciencey or yep. you know very technical and everything. It just explains people doing um, uh, experiments. Of yep. how the mind of a cat works, and it's yep. not bad. Okay, it's yep. not that that kind of that kind of dark <laughs> experiments yes. anywhere. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, fun it's stuff, pretty yeah. straightforward. It's fun stuff, and um, yep. I totally highly um recommend it to everyone to watch. So it, awesome. it's inside the mind of a cat, and I only think it only goes for about an hour and or so. Okay, an hour or yep. so. So it's not too long. I'll it's have to put it on my list it, to watch. It sounds interesting. It's definitely yeah. Lindsay. Yeah, yeah. If you can watch it with um, Isabel and the kids, and they'll yeah. love it. They'll totally love it. Now, now you've got um, you've got Lawrence and Cordell, your your two cats there at home. 
Were, were they sitting in your laps when you were watching it? Were they going, no, nah, that's not true. That's, that's insulting. That's sort not true. Sort of. <laughs> sort of. I think. That's rubbish. That's not true. <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't quote do me. Yeah. I th- I that's th- an insult to I cats th- everywhere. I do. I, I must admit, one time when the cats do that, it, yeah. they, they really did pick up and go, yeah. Mm, okay, I'm going back down again. Anyway, yeah, yeah. they did a few times. I think. I think that time, I think Bernadette was giving one of our boys yeah. a belly, belly rub. Belly rub, so yeah. Belly rub and yeah. while we're watching it. But I, it's a great show. Um, yep. The doco really is inspirational to know what cats are like. And Good one. When you, when you do own a cat uh, like that, you do understand, yep, that trace right. Yep, that they do that. Okay, <laughs> um, maybe not do that in case they do something silly. So, yeah, yeah. it's a very, very good show. Yep. Oh, good one. All right. Well, um, yep. yeah, I'll have to put that on my list of things to watch later. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, the idea of a cat definitely. documentary. Yeah. Yep, and I get to yep. watch it without cats, so I won't have any um, biased commentary while I'm trying to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> it's rubbish. Definitely. Um, there's more wisdom <laughs> in, my, in my kitty litter, you know, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> cats don't do that. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> now go and get me some milk. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, uh, all right. So thank you so much to all of you for listening to episode 83 of the Catholics of Oz today. And before we go, we'd like to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the Catholics of Oz. And today we would love to thank Patricia M, William M, Nancy M, Father Matt B, and Donna P. Through their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give, they make it possible for the Catholics of Oz and all of the other shows on StarQuest to continue. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. Also, we'd love to know your thoughts and topics on the topics we've discussed today. We'd love to chew on it with you and see what you think. Um, so, <laughs> sorry, sorry. You can send us feedback by visiting sqpn.com slash oz, spelt O-Z, where you can find our show notes as well. You can also find us on Discord, sqpn.com slash Discord. Sign up, join the conversations. We'd love to hear from more of you on the SQPN channel in there. So, uh, Sorry, in the Catholics of Oz channel. So, um, and the Let's Science channel, please um, let us know your thoughts. We love the Let's Science contributions, by the way. There are some really interesting ones there. So thanks. Um, and thank you for the ideas for um, future science epi- Let's Science episodes too. We, um, we will say a few things about those in the future as time goes on. Uh, so while you're on the SQPN website, you can also sign up for the Insiders Club newsletter and get updates about your favorite shows, sqpn.com slash about slash newsletter. And don't forget to find us on all the socials, Facebook, just search for SQPN. Search for the same... Oh, sorry, no. On Facebook, search for StarQuest Media. Although I think you can search for SQPN. Yes, you can. That, on Twitter, SQPN. Instagram, SQPN. Do a search. Find us. Like us there. And find out about all the shows on this wonderful network. And uh, don't forget that the Catholics of Oz has its own Facebook page. Catholics of Oz. uh, Facebook.com slash Catholics of Oz. If you'd like to talk to us there, we'd love to hear from you. Or send us a good old email. Catholics of Oz at SQPN.com. Lino, just to... Add this. I, I was thinking of snail mail when I thought of uh, yeah, when I thought of um, snail mail. Email. You wow. snail mail. I literally, I, I pulled out a uh, an envelope from my letterbox the other day, and I took a okay. photo of it, and there was a snail on it. I had literal snail mail <laughs> the other day. It was it was a real thing. It was a real Ew. thing. Yes. Oh, poor yeah. snail. <laughs> and uh, and and if Caroline was here, I'd pull up a, a good old. You know, remember Jim Owen, the Irish comedian? Um, oh he yes. Show. He used to have the Jim yes, Owen show, yes. right? And uh, yes, and he had this yes. he had this um, skit once where he was saying uh, I was doing a stand up and he goes he said um, and I won't do his Irish accent for this part because I'd be terrible at it. But he said I pulled out <laughs> a I pulled out a letter from my letterbox 
and there was a snail on it. And I looked at him and I said, and in, in his accent, he goes, stupid. I said, let us, not, <laughs> not letters <laughs> like that. It was very funny. Yeah. It's a really dumb joke, but it was very funny. Anyway, Caroline knows what I'm talking about. We, yeah, we joke about it from will, time to time. She will. She will. Yeah. So, Lido, thank you so much for being uh, part of me, with me for today's episode. Hope you enjoyed yourself. I have. I have. Ed. Thank you for having me, Lindsay. And all your listeners, take care. God bless. And um, just um, contemplate and chew on the information you just received <laughs> through your headphones. Yes. <laughs> We're going to get in trouble for talking about chewing too much. I think we are. Yep. I think we are. All right. You know where to send your hate mail. Don't worry. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. <laughs> um, and once again, I'm Lindsay Sett. And thank you so much for listening to episode 83 of The Catholics of Oz on StarQuest. StarQuest wants to hear from you. We're conducting a survey of our audience. That's you, to help us in our planning for the future. Please take a moment and visit sqpn.com survey. We'll be selecting two participants to receive an Amazon gift card as an expression of our thanks. So visit sqpn.com survey today.